0: Are you moving towards your dreams and igniting your passion in the fire within you? If you're not, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Ignite Your Passion with me, Bonnie Lang. I'm sharing inspiring stories, motivational tips, and I'm interviewing people doing what they love. I've learned so much already and this has been such an incredible journey and I hope you'll continue to take it with me. So let's chase our dreams together and we're gonna ignite that fire within you. So today with me, I have Jerome Moralados and he is a firefighter, a paramedic, and an author. It is such a pleasure to have you with us, Jerome. Thank you. Tell us about yourself. Where, where do you live?
1: Well, I live in uh, Newport Ritchie in Florida. It's over by the Tampa Bay area, and I work for the City of Clearwater.
0: So how long have you been a firefighter?
1: So I've been with the City of Clearwater for a little over 15 years, 15 and a half years with the the department.
0: Oh, wow. So do you do this full-time?
1: Yeah, it is my full-time job.
0: Oh, amazing. What ignited your passion for this career?
1: I was initially always interested in the medical field through my mom. My mom grew up, she was a nurse. So I was always interested in the medical field. Um, And then my 20s, I got more into the marine industry because of my dad. So I spent a good part of 15, 20 years in the marine industry as a kid, being around boats and everything. And then I remember as probably into my late 20s, into my early 30s, I remember seeing somebody get hurt. And it kind of bothered me that I didn't know anything what to do. I couldn't help them. You know, it broke my heart. It's like I wanted so much to help them, but I didn't know how. Um, and then I was always interested in the medical field through my mom being a nurse. So that's when it kind of dawned on me. So, you know what? I'm going to switch careers. This was probably my mid 30s, um, go back to college and get uh, pretty much changed careers and become a paramedic. And from there, I went on to become a fireman. Yeah, it was something that was drawing me. See, a lot of people say that being a fireman, you don't pick the career, the career picks it for you. Well, I still remember that incident. That's when the career ended up picking me. It's kind of drew me in so I could really be my best for people when they were at their weakest moments.
0: That's incredible. I mean, thank you so much for your service and doing this. And, and I feel like I need to take CPR classes just to (laughs) even at least be able to help somebody because I feel like you will back then. I don't know. I wouldn't know what to do. I I think panic would just like, take over. I don't know. Well, what does your typical day look like at the fire station?
1: So we work 24 hour shifts, eight in the morning to eight in the morning. Um, usually I show up about 30 minutes early, have coffee with the guys. You know, we talk, they let us know what happened the day before and kind of fill in. So our shifts start at eight o'clock. The way it starts off is I have promoted to an engine driver. So I drive, my job is to drive the fire engine. Each, each position, each person has a specific job to do uh, on our department. Um, I spent 13 years on a rescue, which meant I just ran all the medical calls. So a couple of years ago, I took a promotion to a driver. So my typical morning starts, I get to the station, you know, bring my equipment onto the engine. Um, I'm responsible for every piece of equipment that's on the engine, um, pretty much just go through all the compartments, make sure the fire engine's in proper working condition. And then after our morning check, we usually have a morning briefing with our lieutenant, lets us know what's the plan for today. The and then we either do station duties or we have training to do and kind of go from there. And mind you, a lot of times we get interrupted by calls because I am at a busy station. So
0: what kind of calls do you do? It's just not...
1: So yeah, there's a big misunderstanding about firemen. That's all we do is fires. That's not true. We pretty much run every uh, 911 call because I'm a paramedic as well. Uh, All the guys on the department are paramedics and we're also specially trained in individual fields. So we run all the medical calls all the accidents, um, water rescues, plane crashes, the fires, the fire alarms, any kind of hazmat situation. Anything you can possibly imagine, we're going to. We're going shootings with the, the police department. So a lot of us, you know, we have our minimum standard, which is being a fireman and a paramedic. And from there, we have additional qualifications, you know, such as because we're in Florida, I'm Marine certified. So I'm certified as a water rescue. So we'll go on water rescue uh, operations, um, with the coast guard. You know, we have other guys that are part of the SWAT team though. Uh, whenever there's a, a SWAT incident, you know, our guys or SWAT medics, they'll go out with the uh, PD for those certain types of calls. We have other guys that are, uh, hazmat trained. So if you have any kind of chemical exposure, our guys are going to that situation. So if anything happens, we're going to it.
0: There's excitement. There's adrenaline. When you get that nine one one call, I mean, what is your first, what's your reaction? How do you respond? Do you- so
1: it's still, it still is exciting. You know, obviously the the tones go off, the bell goes off. Um, dispatch let us know what type of emergency it is. If it's a vehicle accident, a sick person, a child, um, an older person uh, in a nursing home, you know, um, a plane crash, whatever it is, we kind of have an idea. And then from there, you know, we're looking at the notes, getting the information as dispatcher sending it to us on our computer. Um, And then we kind of come from there. We kind of form a plan, what we're going to do when we get to the call and how we're going to manage it. You know, every call is different. That's all I can say is every call is different. I don't know what our day is going to bring. So that makes it really fun and exciting. Um, It's definitely not a boring day, a boring shift.
0: No, it doesn't sound like it at all. So what, what do you find the most rewarding about this?
1: So honestly, the most rewarding thing for me is being able to do things. Off of work, I know you. There's a few years ago, a couple of years ago, right before COVID hit, February 2020, February 2020, I had the privilege of helping out a disabled child. Uh, child. So this was a kid that I was running on for a lot of years because of seizures. Um, he had a severe and rare uh, disease called Alexander's disease, which he only had a life expectancy to about eight or nine. So I started seeing this kid when he was about three, running calls on him, and then for a lot of years stopped. I assumed he had passed away. And then several years later, I started running on him again. And I saw him, and he was now from, you know, uh, I think he was maybe five or six years old at that time. He was now 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, full grown child. And the grandma who was taking care of him told me, yeah, he's done a great job and outlived his life expectancy and is doing so well. Oh. So I was really happy to see that. The downside to it was he had gotten so big, and she's you know, older, being his grandma, he can't now physically get outside of the house because he's unable to use his legs. Like he is a handicap because of his disease. So I came up with the idea to build him a wheelchair ramp on my off-duty days. Um, I talked to my chief. My chief was on board. I talked to the guys. You know, the guys are carpenters. We have a lot of guys that do other things outside of work. You know, they have their own business. So I talked to him. I came up with a plan, found a local architect, uh, found... Uh, Lowe's actually donated a lot of the the materials. They kind of put everything together, and we went to his home and built him a wheelchair ramp. And that's actually on the news. And if you Google it, it's been all over there as well. So we built him a wheelchair ramp, so he can go outside and enjoy the the simple things, such as seeing the Christmas tree lights at Christmas. A nice day, be able to get out, out in the sun, you know, and be able to take walks. So that's something I was able to do with it. And that's, I think, the most rewarding part of my job is being able to help people outside of work that's yeah, it incredible
0: was really you may it's i'm sure everybody's teary-eyed that's listening to this that's incredible you're you are amazing you are a godsend
1: so being able to do things like that outside of work it's been the most rewarding thing um you know i've worked for a great department and great group of guys so being able to help people out off of work i mean i go to work Help people out. That's my job. Honestly, I don't deserve any credit for that. I get paid to do that. I'm a professional. I get paid to do that. But doing things outside of work, helping people outside of work, that's what it's about. That's ultimately, and you don't have to be a fireman to do this. It it could be helping, you know, a person, older person at the grocery store when they don't have enough money to pay for the groceries or when you're on a Starbucks line paying, you know, just paying the person behind you. It it could be so many little things. You see, uh, you know, a homeless person that isn't asking for money, they're cold, just taking one step to help somebody out. That's where ultimately it comes down to, you know, you can't save the world, but you can save one person at a time.
0: Amen. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful.
1: I think the biggest thing, the heartbreaking thing for me is, uh, these homeless people, you know, because they, you know, they have a story. When I used to work at the hospital, um, I spent 13 years in the emergency room as a part-time job. So we would get these homeless people come in. And there was this one guy that, I used to run all the time, complete drunk, had his legs cut off. So just really physically not pleasant. So he would come in. uh, I would run him at the fire department. Then I would see him at the the hospital. The interesting thing is, was at the hospital, once he got sobered up and I I got him cleaned up, once he got sobered up, he was the most nicest person, one of my nicest patients, super nice I'll never forget him sober. Um, I had to clean him up. And he was very apologetic. Yes, sir. No, sir. Very apologetic. Didn't want to give you and Then I asked him and I found out a little bit more information about him. You know, it turned out he ended up homeless because he was married, wife, kids. I think his wife passed away. Something happened to his kids. And he used to own a, a shop and just life hit him and to where he couldn't deal with it. And that's how he much gave up on things just kind of gave up on himself because he had nothing to live for anymore every one of these people do have a story Um, so it is interesting you just got to take a second to find out find out about it instead of overlooking them
0: yeah can you name a challenge that you know it's been hard for you to you know just kind of overcome or i mean
1: yeah i think everybody has challenges yeah everybody has challenges everybody i think the biggest challenge is trying to balance work with your family life obviously I'm my dad you know I uh, got two kids a wife uh, so being balance the home life with being away for 24 hours or sometimes even 48 hours that becomes a challenge the personal life and then I also coach Little League baseball my son's head coach so that's a challenge all these personal challenge for me is trying to balance you know I got th- 12 kids on my team try to be a head coach for them as well as manage work because I'm gone for 24 hours everybody has their own personal challenges um, yeah
0: I have Googled you, that's actually how I found you. And there is story after story after story about you because you have written a book. You wrote yeah. a book, The Adventures of Alex and Ben in the Beachwater Fire Department. So can you tell us what the inspiration was about that? Tell us about the book.
1: So when Alex and Ben were, they're my two kids, they're you know about a year and a half apart. When they were first born, they grew up at the fire station. And every night I would read them fire books, you know, different types of fire books. And what I noticed was every time I was reading these books, it always about these characters, these bear characters, always going into fires. You know, I was always about, you know, different types of characters going to fires. And I realized that that's so much more what we do, you know, a fire is going into fires. It's a small percentage. So I really wanted to do teach them more and kids more more about what we do. And then there are I remember they were just playing around in uh, the the living room. And then I saw this little guy. (laughs) This (laughs) is one of the little little toys. You know, (laughs) so this little guy was my biggest inspiration. So watching my kids play, Disney was on on TV. And I saw this little guy sitting there. And as soon as I saw this guy, I realized, you know what, I got to write a book about Alex and Ben. And this little guy, this is the one that inspired me. So I thought about writing a book, a children's book and incorporate all the different types of adventures that we do. Because I wanted my kids to know that when I go to work, it's not, I'm just going on fires, you know, I could be, I do we have a, on a boat trying to rescue a kid that's trying to drown or a person uh, here in Florida, we have the riptides that get pulled out in the ocean. Um, you know, I could be on a plane crash. I could be a, a car accidents we go through all the time. So I wanted my kids to know more of what we do, not just going to the fire. So that's where I came up with the adventures of Alex and Ben in the beach water fire department. Hence, I live here in Clearwater. (laughs) So I kind of came up with the the story idea and wrote it out. So in my book, it has different types of adventures. And my whole thing with this book is I want to write a series. So the initial book was to let kids know all the different types of adventures we go on. My next books will be more a little bit more specific on what we do on each type of call.
0: And your sister also got involved with this, too. Is that? Yeah,
1: some. Yeah, my sister lives in Arizona. Um, so my sister was big in computers at the time, really great graphic design, art designer and everything. So I talked to her about it. I kind of showed her my character and pretty much hand wrote everything. I'm not the best of artists, but I kind of hand wrote everything, took a bunch of pictures of Clearwater, my fire department, how I wanted the book to look, the characters to look, and kind of wrote uh, the storyline. And then I kind of gave it to her. She did her magic on her computer. She's a ways at computers and came up with the the characters and we end up putting the whole thing together
0: that is incredible i looked at it you can order it on amazon is there anywhere else that you can order it
1: yeah it's also i'm creating a website called beachwater books that should be up and running probably the next uh few days and you could order it um from Water Bucks as well, which will be a little bit below retail
0: price. Excellent. It's beautiful. I looked at the images. I'm going to have to get a copy, but I, I was looking at it and it's, it's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it came out
1: really good. And the thing is like, I sat on that book for about a good portion of, maybe 10 years. So after I wrote the book, and everything was done, I ended up sitting on the book. And because life got busy, kids started getting older, I just sat on it, but I always wanted to get it published. So it was always in the back of my mind. And then I finally got about a year ago, finally got around to saying, look, you know what, I'm gonna go ahead and get this done, uh, do it the right way. So I went ahead and um, invested in myself and to get it published. And it was just released in October. Yeah,
0: so it's new, very new. Yeah, I did notice that. So how old are your boys now?
1: Alex is 13 and Ben is 11.
0: Do you, either of them talk about wanting to become a firefighter or a paramedic? Yeah,
1: my youngest son, Ben, does. He, he talks about it. He loves He still loves it.
0: Oh, what would you want listeners to know most about you and your path as a firefighter and paramedic?
1: I guess I want people to know one about me. Like I said, I am a dad. You know, I got kids. I love my job. It is the best job in the world. And... You know, even now I'm still thinking of and I have plans for other things to continue to helping uh people out, kids out. You know, that's that's always been probably my biggest passion is to be able help, um, especially children, I got a soft spot for children. So, you know, be able to continue down that road and continue to help other people out. Um, And then as you can see, I am a little league coach. So I love kids, I love being a coach to my son's team and helping the kids out on on that level as well.
0: If somebody wanted to do this same thing, what would you recommend for them?
1: It is is by far the best job in the world. What I would recommend is, is if they're interested in it, especially at a young age or even older, go to your local fire department, tell them you're interested in it, ask them if you could do a ride along. So a lot of people don't know this. If you're interested in it, the department will take you on as a civilian. If you're interested in getting in that career, they could, you can run calls with them just to get an idea of what it's really like to see if it's for you. Obviously this career isn't for everyone. We do see a lot of great stuff. Sad thing is we do see a lot of the unpleasant stuff. You can go out, ride with the fire department, see the guys and see if this career is really for you. If it is, then I definitely encourage people to take the steps, go to college, you know, become an EMT or maybe become a paramedic and then go on to fire school.
0: With what you just said, that brings out a good question. So how do you manage the unpleasant stuff that you do see? How do you get that out of your mind where you can just function and
1: Again this job isn't for everyone? So for me, I have a great supporter, guys. What the best thing about this job is honestly the guys I go to, that I got to work with. We go back to the station, we're able to talk about it, we're able to vent, and being able to do that with people that have seen the same stuff you have makes all the difference. You know, sometimes when I'm off I work and just with other like some of the dads at the little league field, I'll say a comment and I'm kind of like they look at me the wrong way. It's like I got to remember I'm not at the fire station. <laughs> I got to remember who my audience is. You know, that's probably the easiest way because again at the fire station. You're with a good uh, uh, group of guys that are close. You guys go through things together. You depend on each other um, a lot for in so many ways for support, mental support, emotional support, and obviously physical support for doing your job. So that's probably the best uh, best place. I mean, I it, said I have the best job in the world. You know, I definitely enjoy enjoy going to work every day. And enjoy what I do outside of work. You know, representing the people, representing the department outside of the work and yeah and like my biggest thing is just I want kids to pursue a career even not just a career but anything and just to be know that they have to be positive role models you know that they could do good even though they don't have to be a fireman they could be good at school you know kids getting picked on at school stand up for those little kids saying look don't pick on them there's so many ways to help people out not just being a fireman you know in just your everyday life all you have to do is, is just step aside and see really what's out there you know it, and again even for kids at school like you know,
0: paying it forward you were saying you know like you have to
1: i mean yeah. if, i think too many people a lot of people really get caught up in their lives and they don't realize we're not here for ourselves but we're here for to serve others to help others you know that's the whole reason that we're here if you can't help others then you really don't have you don't have any purpose in life if you're just your whole purpose is for yourself
0: and you know what else too Is that when you're helping others, you don't realize this, but it comes right back to you. Yeah. It helps you too. It makes you feel good. It makes you feel alive. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: It is interesting. You know, like some of my friends are like, "You you talk to people in the grocery store. I'm like, I talk to people all the time in the grocery store. You just saying hello or, you know, that's a... You, you look beautiful, or I love that dress or something, just a simple little compliment, you would not believe how that creates a conversation.
1: Yeah. And they're going to remember that throughout their day. That's the thing.
0: It's going to make them feel good. And then it makes you feel good too.
1: Yeah. yeah throughout the day, they'll remember that one compliment, you know?
0: Yeah. So. Well, thank you so much for just sharing your time, and we look forward to, to getting your book. We'll check out your website, and I'll also, also post your website in the show notes, but thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. Thank you so much for your service and everything that you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like I said, if you want to find out more information about um, Sean, who was a kid that I built a wheelchair ramp, that's um, on Google, if you, if you Google Clearwater Fireman, uh, wheelchair ramp. You'll see a lot of pictures that I was able to do for him, and I still have more plans for him. I still keep in touch with the family. There's still more things I want to do, you know, for this child to be able to help him out, you know. So again, it's just it's helping. You can't help the world out. I wish I could help every single kid out. You can't. But if every person just takes one step to help one person out, together everyone can kind of end up doing a lot more good than what they realize.
0: Amen. Amen. And thank you. And I hope this inspires someone to do the same. And you're incredible. Yeah, thank you. Wow. Jerome was so inspiring and just so motivating. Send me a message and tell me what you thought. If you're interested in being in my next show and you're doing what you love, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at bonnie at bonnie and feel free to share this with a friend. And don't forget to check out my previous episodes too. You can hear them at bonnielang.com ignite. They're pretty incredible. Peace, love, happiness, and hugs to you. And don't forget to subscribe.